Hey, y'all. Y'all hear that? Yeah. We about to start another episode. Yeah. We about to start another episode. Yeah. I'm not even going to play with y'all, but thanks for tuning in, you guys. This is another layer podcast with Mercy. Every Tuesday, an episode is going to drop. So watch out and be ready to connect. Let's go. Welcome to episode two of Another Layer Podcast with Mercy. I just want to first start off by saying thank you to everyone who took time out to actually listen to episode one. Um, Thank you for everybody for reposting and showing love. Thank you to my community for showing up. I mean, shout out to my twin. She had the infomercials popping. Okay. Um, She really took it to a whole nother level. Y'all need to get y'all a twin. Okay get it but episode two we just gonna start off with I'm just gonna be honest this is just me reflecting and just kind of working through some things that have been coming up these past I'm gonna say two weeks um about who is at your table and I know first thing that's coming to your head you probably thinking about people in your life like who's who's showing up for you and stuff like that nah This is a whole different thing. I'm saying, who is running your table? What parts of you is running your table, right? And when I say that, I mean, what ages in your life is running you? I'm bringing this up because my therapist brought this up to me in my session um, and posed the question as, who is around my table in my life? And when I thought about it, the first age or what really came up is the seven-year-old me. You know, you have the seven-year-old me who, whose mom was away, whose dad was in a different state, battling whatever he was battling. Um, you know, she felt like she had to take care of her twin. She was living with her other sister's family you know they took her in but also just kind of feeling alone and and wanting that love and felt like she had to take it all on and accomplish different things in her life right so that's what the seven-year-old me felt like so she's at the table you have the six-year-old me who was at the table as well I mean who is at the table still to this day who feels like she wants to be accepted She was the one who surrounded herself with people who would tell her, hey, I'm only keeping you around because I believe you have potential. Hey, I don't want you to flourish because I'm afraid that other people will see what I see and that you will realize what I see and then you will move on, right? Wanted to be in a box and the 16-year-old me just wanted to be accepted wanted to be loved or chosen right and who else is at the table is the 21 year old me taking care of a grown 
ass boy. A grown ass boy. Putting other people's responsibilities and problems on her own plate. Accomplishing things just to say she did it. Not really knowing her worth. Not really seeing herself outside of being that person who took on everybody else's problems, right? She didn't see herself as a person. Then you have the 27-year-old me who felt like everything was just happening to her. Like she, it was like a poor me playing the victim. Things just swallowed her up. When things turned left, it was just like, okay. She just felt depleted. She she couldn't see. She couldn't see beyond her circumstance, beyond what was in front of her. She couldn't envision a life other than what she was experiencing at that moment. And then you have the 29-year-old me. The one that can see. The one that can see every little step that she needs to take next. The one that can envision beyond where she is today. The one that took it upon herself to seek counseling. Took it upon herself to be honest with herself. To let go. To start over. To plant to water, to tend, and to watch it flourish. Um, So the 29-year-old me is still at the table, right? But I posed this question just to get you guys all thinking as, who's at your table? Who's showing up, right? And who's running it? Who's at the head? Because that's important. And who's at the head of my table or who has been at the head of my table for as long as I can remember as a seven-year-old me. I was living my life from the seven-year-old me, from the hurt, from the, the lack of love, from not knowing what it looks like to love yourself, right? The step, she's seven. She doesn't know what it means to love yourself and what that looks like in action form she doesn't know that so she has been making the decisions in life she has been staying in relationships and friendships and jobs and situations that is not love right that doesn't benefit who she is because she's just seven she doesn't know what that looks like Right? She's making the decision. She doesn't know what that looks like. You know? And she's she's been at the head of the table. Now the 29-year-old me is here. And she's saying, look, sit down. I got this. Let me heal you. And she's saying this to the 7-year-old you. Let me heal you. Let me help you right and i'm 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 working through this and i'm reflecting back on that question that came up during my session because i didn't realize that that's the space that i was living my life from 
the seven-year-old me who felt like she had to take care of her twin, the seven-year-old me who felt like she had to do things and accomplish things because she didn't want to feel like she was being too much. She held in her emotions because she didn't feel like she, she didn't want people to feel like she was a burden. She questioned, why are my parents not here? Why are they not here? Is it because I'm too much? Is it because we're twins? I know having twins is a lot. Is, is it because of that? No, 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 but I got my twin. We good. So what now? And that's how I live my life, right? I bottle things up. I mask a lot of things because I don't want to seem like too much to people. I don't want to seem too deep. (laughs) I don't want to seem like every time I come around that girl, she always got me thinking. I don't want to seem all of that. You know, oh, shoot, she always trying to hold me accountable. I don't want to seem all of that. You know, so that is how I live my life. You know, and this has came up this week because someone who I haven't been in contact with has reached out to me and usually I will respond a certain way from the seven-year-old standpoint, which is, why you not here? Fuck you. What's up? But I had to check in with myself and really, really check in and realize, okay, who is showing up in this moment right now? Who do I want to allow to show up in this moment? Do I want the 29-year-old me to show up and guide the rest of the table? Or do I want to continue to let the seven-year-old me make the decision in this moment? You know, because the seven-year-old me is hurt. She hurt. She masking it, but she hurt. And that hurt seven-year-old is the one who's making all these goddamn decisions. (laughs) And that's crazy. Seven, like, think about it. A seven, a, a kid. A kid. A kid. I mean, all the way up to this year, what, 28? So what? I mean, 21 years? She been in charge making these decisions and you not even really being aware of what party you is making that decision and I'm just now realizing it for 21 years she been making the decision she been at the head of the table and everybody else is following suit right and I feel like this has definitely helped the relationship that I have with myself Because 29 is all about improving and changing how I show up for myself and my relationship with myself, how I show up in my relationships with people, how I show up in situations in my life, right? Because I think that's so important to change that because the type of relationship that I have with myself is a reflection of the type of relationships that I have with others around me and situations that I find myself in. 
So that's why I need to like really work on myself, work on my heart. Work on that seven-year-old self because she at the head of the table and everybody else is silent. Everybody is following her. Everyone is following her. Not even thinking twice on autopilot, right? And it's important. And I've realized that she's still there because I haven't taken time out to heal her or to hear her or to see her or to give her room, to give her space to be and to tell her she could just be a kid. So the 29-year-old me today is saying that. She is saying, hey, it's okay, take a seat. Let me help you. Let me help you understand. Trust me. I know. I know. You haven't had a lot of people in your life where you felt like you can completely let go and trust, right? Because the first people you just, I don't want to say systematically, but just automatically you're supposed to trust is your parents. And you weren't afforded the opportunity to trust them. You weren't, you didn't learn how to trust them. They were not as present to for you to be able to do that, right? So automatically, trusting is hard. Completely letting go. Open up and letting someone take care of you, right? And that's how the seven-year-old operates. And now the 29-year-old is telling her, trust me, I got you. I got you. I'm at the head of the table. Let me run this. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that she has no seat at the table. She's still there. There's a lot of work to do with her, right? But what I'm saying is that I'm operating on the level of the 29-year-old me. Not the one that is seven year seven years old, hurt, just just carrying so much, right? The 29-year-old me is free. She's honest with herself. She checks in with herself a lot more. And she's not afraid of saying yes to herself or saying no, right? And when I say saying no, just saying, no, you don't have to accept this. You can have more, right? You can be more. You can be more than what you are now. You can have more. You don't have to stay in a box. Man, and that makes me think about, I had a conversation with a friend a couple weeks ago just about the 
the fact of really never having a place that I could call home, just growing up, moved around, lived with people a lot, and just never really settling down and putting my roots and just always living out of a suitcase. You know, I've lived my life that way, right? And I've lived my life always keeping myself you know, when you live with people, if you've ever lived with people, you feel like, okay, well, let me make sure my things are not out. Make Let me make sure I'm not in their way. Let me make sure I clean up after myself. I mean, you should always do those, like at least clean up after yourself. But just in general, you're like, let me make sure they don't realize that I'm here. Right? And that's how I live my life. I mean, yeah, I connect with people and I've made some type of impact on people's lives who I meet and stuff, but just even the way I carry myself, I've always been modest in the way that I live. You know, I didn't, I I didn't really want to stand out. I didn't want people to look at me. I didn't want them to notice that I'm here to where it was a huge effect on them. Right. But deep down inside, once again, operating on the seven-year-old me, that's how I live my life. Right. Because the seven-year-old me was living not in her own home. She was living in someone else's home, right? And she didn't want to feel like a burden, you know. But deep down inside, she wanted to be noticed. Indeed, even now, right? Just wanting to be noticed and it has affected how I live my life because I didn't have a place where I can call home, that where it was mine, you know, even as many times that I move, I've never really fully unpacked, unpacked my things, unpacked my emotions, unpacked who I am, right? Because I kept it all in, kept it all in, don't want to seem too much, don't want to be too much, don't want to be a burden. Now the 29-year-old me, I have my own place now. I can completely unpack. I can envision what I want my space to be like. I can envision what I want the energy and the vibe to be like when you walk into my home. I can unpack who I truly am. I can let myself be. And I realized this as I'm talking with a friend a couple weeks ago that me not having a place that I can call my home has had a significant impact on how I live my life. You know, I think in terms of just the color that I have in my hair now, if you know me, you you know I always go natural tone colors, brown, black, burgundy. Your girl love her some burgundy, you know. <laughs> just keep it real simple. Not too much, not too bright, not too, oh, look at me. You know, so when I got this hair color, it was just like, oh, God damn. This was a lot. What are you doing? And that was a seven-year-old me talking. Like I said, she still has a seat at the table. She's still there. She still pops back up. But the 29-year-old me made the decision to get this hair color. And I know we talk about hair color, but it's even present in that decision. The 29-year-old me walked into that beauty supply store, picked out that hair, and all of it, held it in the sun so many times, y'all. So many times, took fuck, held it in the sun to make sure I wasn't tripping and made the decision to not go back and return the color to get a more neutral, natural color, right? 
But as I was getting my hair done, the seven-year-old me, that little girl, she crept back up and she was like, what is you doing? How is this gonna look? You know, you work at a bank now. What, what's gonna come with that? Like, no, you should, you should just tone it down. Stay, you don't wanna stand out too much. You know, you already the only black girl. You know, she was coming into that. And then the 29 year old me switched and was like, look, this is, this is more than just your decision to get a different hair color or this color, right? You're coming into your own. It's okay to sit down, seven year old me. I got this. So, all I'm saying is just like, it's just so important to be that aware on another layer, right? It's just being that aware, being that more connected with yourself and asking yourself, who is at your table? Who do you need to help heal? Who is running it? Because there are people who are running, not people, there are parts of yourself who's running this. And how do you, you know, cause you could decide to say, hey, you need to sit on this side of the table. But how do you make sure the present you is still at the head of the table? What does that look like? And I believe what that looks like for me is continuing to check in with myself, continuing to be aware of myself and connecting with myself. And, you know, because what I need changes, right? What I need changes because I have a lot of people at the table. What does my seven-year-old self need? What does my 16-year-old self need? You know, what does that 21-year-old self need? What does that 27-year-old self need? The the one who, who, when things happened to her, she felt like the victim. She felt like things swallowed her. It was like a dark cloud over her and she couldn't see. What does she need? She needed someone to make a decision. She needed someone to not be indecisive. She needed someone who was going to be about action. The 21-year-old me needed someone to say, no, I'm not putting that on my plate. That has nothing to do with me. I'm making decisions based off of what Mercedes needs. Not with the guy I'm dating, not what he needs, not what my nephews need, not what my sisters need, not what anybody else needs, right? That 16-year-old self, what she needs is someone to tell her that you are beyond what people think your potential is. You are beyond that. You are, you are worth more than that. You deserve to be here. And you don't need people around you to validate that. And what that seven-year-old needs is someone to hold her hand and say, you could be a kid, just be a kid. You don't have to be modest. You can be a kid. Be a kid. You don't have to feel like you have to take care of you and your twin. You don't have to feel like you have to accomplish things just so people can feel like you're okay. You don't have to be that way. Right? 
and that's checking in with everyone at the table. So like I said, I keep asking myself, who's at my table? What do they need? Where are they at? Who's at the head of my table? Who do I need to invite to the table? Right? Who do I need to console? Who do I need to celebrate? Who do I need to just sit with? Just sit and hold their hand. And who needs me to take care of them? You know, and these are just, like I said, just reflecting moments. It's just like mind blown when that question was brought up to me in my session. I'm like, wow, game changer. Like, wow. Wow. (laughs) Yes, like just me even expressing this on my podcast right now, like so many other things have been coming up, you know, just the relationship that I have with people in my life, my father, you know, today, do I feel, is it me who is feeling this way? The 29 year old me who's feeling this way when it comes to my father, or is it the seven year old me, you know, because the 16 year old me forgave him because she understood but the seven-year-old me keeps she's so powerful she just keeps coming back up so you know I'm not saying that she's still not in that seat because the seven-year-old me is saying am I still a burden am I still a burden What do I need to do to not become a burden? And what I battle with every day is telling the 29-year-old me is telling my 7-year-old me, you are not a burden. You are love. You are more. You're beautiful. You're capable. You can create. You deserve all good things. And I got you. I got you. All right, y'all. That's episode two. Thanks for tuning in. Like, thanks for letting me reflect. Um, and thanks for connecting with me. It's just episode episode two. Like, we got ways to go. But ask yourself, who's sitting at your table? <laughs> <laughs>